it's an experience that I look back on and I am profoundly grateful that I was able to do that. And if anyone's on the fence, I always say, absolutely. And if you can do it for a whole year, then do that. Cause that maybe that's my regret is that I just didn't do it long enough. Welcome to Wander by Proxy, a podcast featuring women's travel stories that connect them more to themselves and the world around them. I'm Leah Fallon, and today we have Kristen Glazer Falegi, who immersed herself in Spanish culture while studying abroad from the University of Scranton. Here's Kristen. I was working toward my bachelor's in communications and a minor in Spanish. So I, I knew that I wanted to go somewhere where Spanish was the language because that's what I was studying. So that, you know, now narrows it down, right? When you have the whole world and you're focused on one language, that narrowed it down quite a bit. And at the time, I was debating between Argentina and Spain. They had just kind of piqued my interest. And the University of Scranton had a study abroad program with both of those countries. And, and specifically in Spain, they had a program in Seville. And that is really what ultimately made me choose because I started researching what Seville was like. And I just really fell in love with the description. I mean, it's this incredible city built with a river going through it. It's, you know, old, historic, amazing food, amazing people. It just, as soon as I read it, I said that this is where I want to go. So it was once I knew about Seville, I made the decision pretty quickly. I was living with, her name was Teresa, and she was my host mom. And she and I formed a really special connection because she was just really wonderful and made me feel so welcomed. She had actually been hosting students for 20 years at the time. And she told me I was her first girl. She had always hosted boys. That's just how it had worked out for her. So I think she was very excited to have a girl and I was very excited to be with her. She was just a phenomenal cook. She took such good care of me. And, you know, part of the the setup is the host mom or host family, depending on the situation, you know, washes your laundry and cooks for you and, and sends you off to school with lunch. And she really went above and beyond in, in making me really, really feel like a part of her, her home. That's so sweet. Was it just you two in the house? So she lived, well, at first she lived alone. So it was just her and I for a bit. And then she had her nephew came and lived with us for a while too. So it was, it was a, an apartment. So it was a little bit crowded because we were all sharing the same bathroom, but her nephew was living with us because I, I, he, I think he might've been from Madrid and he was in Seville working on a film festival. So I wouldn't see him too much because he was out working quite a bit, but we did interact. And then at one point his wife came over and she was actually from, I believe London specifically. So her and I were chatting one day in the living room. And I remember this moment where, you know, she had a British accent and I'm from Long Island originally. I, I don't sound like it anymore because I've been in Minnesota for 10 years now. But at the time I had a very thick Long Island accent and she had a very thick British accent. And we actually couldn't understand each other in English. So we chose to communicate in Spanish because it was, it was easier for us to understand each other. How did your love for the Spanish language grow as you got more immersed in the culture? So I was in Seville for four months, and when I first arrived, 
my Spanish was terrible. I mean, you know, I was, I was pursuing a minor in Spanish, but I wasn't really good at it. I mean, I, you know, I could get by, but it was, it was rough. I, you know, I was pretty slow in remembering what the right words were. And I think my grammar was usually wrong, but what I love so much about studying abroad is that it's such an immersive experience where it's all you hear and read uh, and speak, you know, for many, many months. The classes that I was taking were communication classes, because that was my bachelor's degree, but they were all taught in the Spanish language, which was, you know, that was a big, a big decision to make. And certainly it, it put me in a challenging position, but I, I'm very glad that I did it because two great things came from that. The first was that I was actually able to double major. So I was able to get a, a degree in communications and Spanish by, by doubling up in that way. And about two months in or so, two months into my four month experience, this light bulb just went off and I just felt like I, I understood it and I could speak it easily. I could understand it easily. And I had this moment where I, I woke up one morning and I actually realized I had been dreaming in Spanish and it just, it was such an incredible experience. I have you know, no regrets about, you know, putting myself in that challenging situation. That's so cool. That's so cool. So how else did you get kind of fully immersed in the Spanish culture? So I was very fortunate because I had the situation where one of my sister's friends from college hosted uh, a young woman who was also my age who lived in Madrid and was studying abroad in New York for a summer. And I was actually able to meet her when she was here uh, in New York. And then I went to study abroad in Spain the next year. So I was in Seville, but I went to go meet her in Madrid for three days, I think it was. And I stayed with her and her parents. And she was just amazing because she, she's fluent in English. She's incredible. But she purposefully practiced Spanish with me to help me learn. And I spent so much time with her parents and so much time with her friends, just exploring Madrid and only speaking Spanish. So she was just wonderful. And we I remember we had a, a moment toward the end of our time together where I said, I said, do you want to practice your English a little bit too? Because I know, I know you like practicing that as well. So she got excited that, you know, she had someone to practice English with, even though she's fluent and incredible. We, we flipped for the, the end part of my stay with her to have her practice English. But she was just so patient and really helped me see like an everyday life in Madrid. We went to museums and restaurants and hung out with her friends and that I just felt like I was really part of the community. Oh, that's so nice. So coming back home, was it strange at all to then switch back to 100% English? Yeah, it, it really was. And I remember going through this transition phase where I, my mind was thinking in Spanish all the time. And I had I would pause sometimes and be like, wait, what is that word in English? I can't, I can't remember. I had to switch my mind back. And uh, I remember that was a real, a real adjustment period, even though, you know, that's my native language and my, you know, my only language really was English at that time, but it, it still 
was so interesting to see how it, it took time to adjust back. I was very fortunate that I was able to take a lot of weekend trips around Europe as well, and I also went to Morocco during that, you know, that four month time. So that was pretty wonderful. I do have a travel blog uh, called Expedition Kristen, and that is focused heavily on Minnesota travel. So I live in the Twin Cities now. I've been there for, gosh, 10 years now. And I'm focused heavily on Minnesota travel, exploring the hidden gems in Minnesota, and mostly outdoor adventures, what I like to write about. So, you know, different hikes and state parks and breweries and little towns that are hidden gems. So I think after COVID, I certainly hope to travel some more again. And, and I will definitely write about places outside of Minnesota. But I do plan on my blog remaining about 90% focused on Minnesota. That's great. Maybe rewinding back a little bit. So you had told me before that you met your eventual husband on this trip. So how'd that come about? Yes. So when I was in Spain, there was about 100 students from the United States in this program from all over the country. And I was the only one there from the University of Scranton, but there was a group of about I think about 10 students who came from St. Olaf in, in Minnesota. And my husband was one of them. So we met in Spain studying abroad and got to know each other over that, over that semester there. We didn't end up dating until about three years later. And we dated long distance for a, a little bit from Minnesota to New York. And then I eventually moved to Minnesota. He was in grad school, so he didn't have the flexibility to move. And I just thought, let's, you know, give the relationship a shot. We've now known each other for three years. And long story short, I've now been in Minnesota for 10 years and we own a house. So <laughs> I think, I think you could say it, it worked out. Um, <laughs> You're here to stay. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. At our wedding, my dad, in his, his speech, he said something like, you know, we, we spent or sent Kristen to Spain to get an education and she came back with a husband, which, you know, might be a, a slight exaggeration, but yeah, <laughs> I did, I did meet him in Spain and he also has a, a bachelor's in Spanish. So he was also pursuing Spanish and, and looking to, to learn the language as well. This February will be 10 years of Nick and I being together since we started dating. And for a long time, we had said when we hit our 10 year anniversary together, we'd like to go back to Seville and, you know, relive that experience and go by where our host moms were. And he, he found his way to my heart by buying me um, a lot of ice cream cones from this one little ice cream shop. So we wanted to kind of relive that experience together. And I hope it happens, you know, with COVID, of course, who knows, but we, this is our 10 year anniversary and something that we've really always wanted to do is, is go back to Spain to celebrate. Oh, that'd be so fun. So any like last thoughts on what you took home from this experience? Well, I think, you know, I feel really strongly that if you have the opportunity to study abroad, you should, I think it's a once in a lifetime opportunity I was so fortunate that I, I did a whole semester in Spain, and then I also was able to do three weeks in Guadalajara, Mexico, over a January J-term break. And I think that it often has the misconception that it's expensive, you know, if you have to find housing and airfare and all that kind of stuff. 
And if you have a study abroad program at your university, it, they can help guide you through that. And I found it was actually cheaper for me to study abroad that semester than to be at the University of Scranton because like one big expense in the States is all the amount of textbooks that college students have to buy. And that wasn't an expectation in Spain. So I think that if, if you have a study abroad program that can help guide you through that, it's without a doubt worth it. And once, you know, for example, when I was in Spain, once you're in Europe, it can be so inexpensive to travel to other countries. And I took many weekend trips to, to Ireland and Paris and Portugal and all over the place. So it, it's an experience that I look back on and I am profoundly grateful that I was able to do that. And if anyone's on the fence, I always say, absolutely. And if you can do it for a whole year, then do that. Cause that maybe that's my regret is that I just didn't do it long enough. Yeah. I am completely with you. I had never been abroad either before my study abroad experience. And like, it was a game changer. I, it's what prompted me to take my second abroad trip solo without having that initial guidance through kind of the checklist of items you need to prepare in order to go to a different country. I don't think I would have had that confidence to go if I didn't have my study abroad experience. And it was insane because I had just happened upon the application for my study abroad program in Italy. It was like a three to four week program in arts and history and culture. And I ended up applying on the whim and it was actually late. Like the deadline was already up and the program was full, but I applied anyway. And I got on the waiting list. And then sure enough, three months later, probably two or three months before the flight left, I got an email like, congrats, you're in this program. Oh my gosh. You better get ready because it's really soon, basically. And we've already started like our preparation meetings for it. And so I was like, what? And oh my God, I freaked out obviously, but wow, it was a game changer. And it was, it's just funny that I wasn't even really supposed to go. Yeah. What, what town were you in or what city? We went, since it was like a three or four week stint, we traveled to nine different cities around Italy and there was, it was all very short term. So we stayed in hotels. Be sure to check out Kristen's travel blog on Instagram at Expedition Kristen. Links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wander by Proxy. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to catch the next travel story on Wednesday, February 17th. Until then, follow along on Instagram at Wander by Proxy Podcast.